Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Spirit School. I am your mentor, Danielle Serenk, also known as the Squamish Medium. I am so excited for this podcast episode today, which was inspired by one of our initiation members, Jasmine Williams, who made a comment to me on our first coaching call in the initiation, the six-week mediumship foundations experience, that when I talk about the history of mediumship, I'm missing a really important part of it, which includes other cultures and races. And so I really appreciated her bringing this to my awareness it put me on a path of discovering more about my own culture and the history with mediumship of course I'm first nations Canadian as well as um, Scottish descent as well and English and Canadian so um, this was a really eye-opening comment for me and I really wanted to dedicate this episode to her because she was somebody who provided me with a list of historical black mediums who had massive impact on the mediumship world and early spiritualist days and I'm so excited to share just a little bit of their stories here today and this has also inspired me to create an entire lesson around uh, mediumship um, from different cultural lenses um, and people who are biracial descent and black descent and indigenous descent uh, for future initiation programs so I'm really excited she really inspired me so I want to dedicate this episode to her and of course, anyone else who is of black descent working in the mediumship world who feels like they're not seeing enough of their own people in this work. In saying that, um, after Jasmine did make this comment on our first coaching call, I was very humbled and, you know, very uh, honored that she felt confident enough to speak up to it I'm very grateful for that and I reached out to Jonathan the medium who you guys know I interviewed on the podcast before to talk to him about it and he was very graceful with me as well and so I'm very happy to also announce that he has a special message for all of you out there. If you stayed to the end of the podcast episode, he wanted to include just an inspirational message as a working black medium um, of today's age for everyone out there. So definitely stick around for that. And I just wanted to say that I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Do know, just a bit of a disclaimer, that um, I did have to research these four mediums I'm about to talk about. So I will be reading off of notes. Now, my natural style of being a podcaster is to riff. I know mediumship, I feel, um, you know, what I speak about from the back of my hand. So I don't usually research and do notes. I just share the wisdom that I have at this current phase of my life. So this is my fourth time recording this podcast episode and I'm doing it once and I'm doing it through and I'm not going to edit it. So please bear with me as the flow is not going to be like you're used to in other podcast episodes, but I want to make sure that I honor um, the history of these amazing black mediums in history and just so you know too that everything I'm about to speak I got offline and so I'm including in the show notes all the links to all the pages that I researched um, to do this podcast episode today so if you want to research more or learn more about these amazing um, you know influencers of the day when it comes to mediumship please go check out the links. There are so many stories and I just pulled out what I could that was in relation to mediumship specifically, but they did so much more than just mediumship. So feel free to go, you know, binge on the links and do some more research on your own. And I also wanted to recommend or just reference that Jasmine did provide me with a list of more mediums than this, but I just wanted to highlight these four for this initial episode. And I do plan on doing more episodes in the future because one of my favorite 
podcast is actually um, Stuff You Missed in History class. And so I listen to that uh, podcast every chance I can. They have some amazing episodes on old spiritualism, on spirit um, photography, on the witch trials. Like they do some really cool episodes. So I highly recommend you check them out. And I have to raise my hands to them because reading off of notes is really hard. (laughs) Really hard. And I'm teaching the Empowered Podcaster class again on March 13th. There's a link to register below um, if you wanted to start your own podcast, which I think everyone just have a podcast to be honest with you and I teach about the two different styles which is riffing or prepping and I am so not a prepper but I am going to sit through the discomfort because these stories need to be shared and these are some incredible mediums in history and I know you're going to be inspired and I know you're going to enjoy this episode so please do share it please do message me comment on it rate and review Um, I want to get these stories out there and I'm really excited for you to learn more about the um, history of black mediums who really blazed the trail for all of us to do this work of all races of all colors and I just have to raise my hands to them because some of these stories are incredibly cool so enjoy this episode Okay, so the first black medium in history that I am going to celebrate here with you today on Spirit School is Harriet E. Wilson. Now, Harriet was once described as, quote, the earnest and eloquent colored trance medium, end quote, by the Boston Spiritualist newspaper. Harriet was born in 1825 in Milford, New Hampshire, daughter of Margaret Smith and Joshua Green. Joshua Green, her father, died shortly after she was born and her mother abandoned her and so she was actually adopted by a family and lived as a servant with them until she was 18 years old. She married a man named Thomas Wilson, giving her her last name in 1851, and they had a son together. Though their marriage was rocky and he did end up leaving at some point during her pregnancy, he returned to her after her son was born, though he went off to work at sea and died shortly thereafter. Her son unfortunately also passed away when he was only seven years old, and she later relocated to Boston. When Harriet moved to Boston in search for work, she wrote her first full novel called Arnig, and she was known to be the first African-American woman novelist in America. Though for many years, the novel was actually accredited to be the work of a white author. Harriet had many roles during her life. She was the first African-American female novelist, a hair care entrepreneur, a school founder, a public speaker, and a spiritualist medium. Because of scant record keeping of African-American genealogy records prior to the Civil War, it wasn't until over 80 years after her death in 1900 that Harriet finally became recognized as a woman with an identity. Harriet was passionate about sharing spiritualist philosophy with children and was active in the Massachusetts Spiritualist Association. And please know, I have a really hard time saying that word. So I apologize to all the MA folks here who I may be not honoring your state's name, but the Massachusetts Spiritualist Association and gave an address to over 3,000 people at the Great Spiritualist Camp Meeting in 1867. In 1968, Harriet gave lectures, sometimes entranced, in Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Maine, and Connecticut. The Banner of Light, which was a well-to-do spiritualist paper of the day, the Banner of Light reports that she, quote, has been constantly and successfully engaged the past year in this vicinity as a healing medium and a trance speaker, 
and has won the host of friends. We cordially commend her to the hospitality of the spiritual brotherhood everywhere, end quote. In October of 1870, the Banner of Light reported that at a quarterly convention of spiritualists in Haverville, Massachusetts, Wilson testified to her, quote, brought into acquaintance with her father in spirit life, who is her most constant companion. Wilson went on to say, quote, you will know that the spirit world is not afar off in space, but here in our midst, and that spirits are not bodiless beings, but are here within our homes. This is 1870, guys. Harriet was a lecturer and trance reader for almost 20 years. She was sought after as a speaker and traveled to Chicago as a delegate to the the American Association of Spiritualist Convention. Harriet broke many racial barriers of the time. She opened a Sunday school for the children of, quote, the liberal-minded and, quote, ladies' aid parlors in Boston, A woman of color teaching white children in private school was unheard of at the time, and she was later sidelined in her school after two white men took over the school's management. Harriet established spiritualist societies um, in Mansfield and Foxborough, Massachusetts, and later spoke to over 16,000 people at the fourth annual spiritualist camp meeting. By 1900, when Harriet died, she had retired as a medium in Quincy, Massachusetts. So what I found really interesting about Harriet was, um, as I was doing research, she had a really lengthy Wikipedia profile, but no mention, and I mean zero mention of her being a medium. And she obviously had an incredible pact on mediumship at the time, but they really highlighted her novel work because she did more than one book as well. So very cool. Um... Yeah, so I hope you guys enjoyed that about Harriet. Again, links below if you want to read more about her. And I will post her images in my newsletter and on my Instagram because I really want you to see these images of these amazing mediums as well. So the next medium I would love to highlight of Black Descent is Pascal Beverly Randolph. Now, the name is spelled P-A-S-C-H-A-L. So I believe that is sounding Pascal. So please bear with me if that is not the correct way to pronounce the name, but that's how I'm going to pronounce it. Um, So Pascal was a mixed racial medical doctor, writer, occultist, spiritualist, and trans medium. He was born in New York City as a free black man on October 8th, 1825. Interestingly, the same year Harriet was also born, to his mother Flora and his father William. His mother died when he was quite young, and he was left homeless and penniless, and he went away to sea to support himself through his young age up until he was 20 years old working as a sailor, traveling through Europe, the Far East, Persia, where mysticism and the occult led him to study with local practitioners of folk magic and various religions. After leaving his sea career behind, he became a lecturer and a writer, and by his mid-twenties he was appearing regularly on stage as a trance medium and was a spiritualist practitioner. He advertised his spiritual services in magazines associated with spiritualism. In addition to his work as a trance medium, Pascal trained as a doctor of medicine and wrote published works on health, sexuality, spiritualism, and occultism. He wrote more than 50 works on magic and medicine and was an avid promoter of birth control during a time where it was largely against the law to mention such topics. 
In the 1850s, he wrote his first articles for spiritualist publications, and in 1860 published his first independently published work, a pamphlet called The Unveiling, or What I Think of Spiritualism. He created his own system of development from his reading of occult text. Pascal described the afterlife in terms quite different from the familiar summerland of the spiritualist uh, conversations of the day. While he acknowledged the success of mediums, he suggested that they vacated their will and thus became subject to every wind of influence around them. He advocated a method of, a method of active mediumship called blending which is what we see today. Rather than operating in trance, the medium identified with the soul of the deceased and thus developed a knowing without giving up their will. We see this form of mediumship used more commonly today, and he was a real trailblazer of this craft for bringing this style of mediumship to our awareness. Unfortunately, Pascal took his own life in July of 1875 with little known cause to those closest to him of the reasons for his despair. Now, hello this is big guys like what we teach today as like you know more modern mediumship teachers is the blending technique now i was blown away that he was probably well i'm going to say probably but they basically you know allude here that he was the first medium to kind of bring forward this development technique of blending rather than going into trance which back in the days, because skepticism of charlatanism was so high back then, there was so much distrust and mediumship that they would only really take the word of somebody who was entranced or communicating through automatic writing at a level of intelligence that was far beyond the sitting medium. So this was really big stuff back in the day. And my hands raised to Pascal Beverly Randolph here um, for his influence on modern mediumship. So I love this next medium I'm about to highlight of Black Descent called Mother Leafy Anderson because it also ties into my indigenous roots. So I'm really excited to share the history of this medium here. And all I'm going to be sharing is just a little bit, guys. There's so much to know. The links are so interesting. So please continue to do your research and check them out because it's really cool. So Mother Leafy Anderson was born in Wisconsin in 1887. Though there was no record of her birth, her obituary indicates that that was the year that she was born. She was married, divorced, and she moved to Chicago in 1914 before relocating permanently to New Orleans in 1918. The spiritualist movement spread quickly through America during the 1920s, but because of segregation laws, in 1922, the National Spiritualist Association of Churches expelled its black members. This led to the formation of Colored Spiritualist Association of Churches. Within a few years, there were black spiritualist churches located in Chicago, Detroit, Philadelphia, and many other cities. Most churches of the 1920s were led by male pastors. Anderson broke that mold when she founded the spiritualist movement in New Orleans. Guys, she actually founded it in New Orleans. Her church included the use of spirit guides and worship, along with a mixture of Protestant and Catholic practices. What was also unique about Mother Anderson's churches is that they were all female-led and always sympathetic towards the oppressed. In fact, in addition to channeling Blackhawk, her spirit guide and services, Mother Anderson was sought by many to petition the work to, to petition the spirit of Blackhawk for those who were being harassed or unfairly treated, a wound that her spirit guide Blackhawk knew very well. Even today, many people still honor and petition Blackhawk for peace, protection, and justice. 
Anderson taught followers how to summon spirits, offering classes for a dollar a session. She was known for her yellow and gold robes draped with a mantle bearing an image of Blackhawk, her main spirit guide. Anderson was well known for contact with the spirit of a North American guide and war chief, Blackhawk, who had lived in her home state. Blackhawk was born in 1767 and was the leader of the Sauk Native American tribe, S-A-U-K. During the War of 1812, Blackhawk fought on the side of the British against the U.S., hoping to push the white American settlers away from the Sauk territory. Blackhawk was later captured by the U.S. forces and was taken on tour to several cities as a way to make a spectacle of him and other captured prisoners. Blackhawk died in 1838, two weeks after the onset of an illness at the age of 70 or 71. Blackhawk's spiritual guidance and protection are sought by the members of many churches within the spiritualist faith. Special Blackhawk services are still held to invoke his assistance. And there are busts and statues representing him that are kept in homes and on church altars by his devotees. You can actually listen through one of the links in the show notes, the Black Hawk chant, which I believe um, is actually a recording of Mother Leafy Anderson and Catherine Seals. And is basically the, a link to another podcast that talks about the history of Black Hawk and Mother Le- Leafy Anderson. And there's a recording of a hymn that was created in his honor um, at one of her churches. So do go check that out, please. Anderson died of a flu in 1927. And her last recorded words reportedly were quote i am going away and i am coming back but you shall know that i am here chills guys chills beautiful empowered woman i am um, again i'm going to share the photos of all these amazing um, black mediums in history through the newsletter and through my instagram So the final black medium in history I want to celebrate as part of this episode is Rebecca Cox Jackson. Rebecca Cox was born in February 15th, 1795 in Hornstown, Pennsylvania, to a free family. She began seeing visions as a child and attributed her ability to read and write to the divine power of God. She married Samuel S. Jackson and worked as a seamstress until she had a religious awakening during a thunderstorm in 1830. For five years, her fear of storms had been so great that, quote, in time of thunder and lightning, I would have to go to bed because it made me so sick, end quote. On this day in 1830, she was unable to contain her fear, convinced that she would die during the storm. In her moment of greatest despair, as she prayed for either death or redemption, she suddenly felt as though, quote, the cloud bursts and the lightning that had been Quote, the messenger of death was now the messenger of peace, joy, and consolation. Rebecca Cox Jackson recounted her visions and mediumship in her autobiography called Gifts of Power. Here's a quote from the book. For all these years, I've been under the tuition of invisible spirits who communicate to me from day to day. By this means, I have the ability to tell people's thoughts and to tell them words that they have spoken many miles distance from me, and also to tell them of things that they would do years beforehand. End quote. Jackson used her abilities and influence to challenge institutional sexism and racism by cultivating spaces that centered black women, including a seance circle in her own home. Jackson's ability to speak to the dead was an affirming 
of both her devotion to God and her dedication to empowering her community. Gifts of Power, her book, records her spiritual journey as a black woman with a divine calling. She describes a wide variety of visions and visionary experiences, including mysterious prophetic dreams and supernatural gifts of power, such as the ability to control weather by prayer. Isn't that interesting that she notices that she has this power to control weather by prayer and have this incredible awakening during a thunderstorm? I love that. She explains that the dreams, visions give access to a world in which laws of nature don't exist. The physical body left behind. The dreamer soars into the air and is given flashes of understanding about both physical universe and the spiritual world. Jackson's visionary dreams also show her confronting fears of racial and sexual violence, working out an understanding of the mother aspect of the Godhead, and even resolving conflicts that arose in her relationships with her brother, husband, spiritual companions, and shaker leaders. Later, Rebecca and her husband split, but she did find a lifelong partner in another woman named, also named Rebecca. Uh, her name was Rebecca Perot, and they later founded a Shaker religious community in Philadelphia in the 1800s. Now, I'd never heard of the Shaker religion, so I still need to do some research on what that is and how it would tie in with mediumship. But these two women were known as the two Rebeccas, and they lived together as ministry partners for more than 30 years in a convent relationship that had been described as lesbian, womanist, queer, and or celibate. Jackson's journal is considered to be the first black queer spiritualist narrative in American history. Major shivers, guys. Oh my God. Wow. So, so now I wanted you to enjoy the message from my really dear friend and amazing medium, amazing inspirational speaker and prophetic, Jonathan the Medium. So my beautiful friend wanted me to make a recording or, you know, to come on here on her wonderful podcast to talk about, like, you know, just blacks in the work of mediumship. <laughs> um, you know, what's so crazy is that I, I was sitting and I was thinking and I was like, dang it, I don't know what to say. So I, I, I knew what I needed to do. And I, I really just had to go to God and I had to say, God, what is it that you want to say? To, to those minorities and, and to those black mediums out there that don't see, you know, physical examples of themselves all the time. Y'all just want to say, y'all, keep going. Remember that, you know, this is a part of our heritage. This is this dates back to our ancestors, okay? This dates back to Africa. This is like literally what we what we did. This is how we live. We live by feeling, by knowing. You know, when we didn't have the information, we still had our connection. And I think this like really, you know, spills over into our work because a lot of times we don't always connect the same way, but we always connect to the same source. And I think this is what um, is so important for us to remember, because I remember being young and my grandmother telling me, you need to learn how to feel. You need to learn how to feel. What is God telling you right now? And I'd be like, woman, I don't know what you were talking about. But as I got older and I started to understand my work, I started to understand my calling, I started to understand the journey. I knew that there was something deeper than what I was understanding. And this is the same way we connect with spirit. This is the same way we connect to our ancestors, to our spiritual guides, to our to God. 
So I just want to say, continue to move forward in your work, trusting yourself and loving yourself. And knowing that a lot of times, you know, religion took away our connection and gave a lot of us dogma. And they told us there's only one way. But remember that God has something special for each and every last one of you. And all you have to do is continue to listen. The world a lot of times will tell you that you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing because it doesn't follow the one way. But you are following the true way, the way that God has set for you. Trust yourself. Trust your process. Because I'm going to tell you right now, this work sometimes get it gets hard <laughs> and it gets confusing. But when it gets to be that way, just close your eyes. And connect to the divine within. So that's what I want to say to everybody. You know, not just the minorities, not just the black mediums, because we're all doing this work, hopefully, for the highest and greatest good of humanity. This is incredible. I am so incredibly grateful to Jasmine for bringing this to my awareness because I went down so many historical rabbit holes and this has inspired me to keep researching lesser known and given less and lesser airtime um, spirituals of many different descents and backgrounds and i hope you really enjoyed this history lesson on some of the real foundational players of mediumship that are black and i'm also really going to encourage you guys to look at your own descent and look at your own um, you know, lineage and the backgrounds that you come from and look at maybe how the different spiritual practices can't come into play and how many of maybe the the energy or the wisdom that you hold within yourself could come from this really strong lineage. So I would love to hear what you thought of this episode. I would love um, to hear from you on it. So definitely email me at squamishmedium at iCloud.com or message me on Instagram share the episode. I would love it. And I look forward to seeing you next time on Spirit School.